Welcome to the Built Different Podcast. I am your host, Will May, team leader, real estate coach at Keller Williams Good at Omaha. This is the podcast where we talk to real estate agents, operations people, team leaders on a day-to-day basis that are in the market. Well, we talk them <laughs> weekly. <laughs> They're in the market on a day-to-day basis, okay? So this week's episode, we have Alicia Washington. Hey, Alicia Washington. <clears throat> Washington. On the podcast, buyer's agent and top agent at Toast Real Estate Group at Keller Williams Greater Omaha. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I'm excited. The mics don't work. But we're going to pretend like they do. We sure are. Okay, you can use that, <laughs> use that as much as you want, okay? okay. Um, awesome. Let's get into our first three questions, which I've already prepared you for. Yep. And I know you spent a lot of time for making sure. sure you had answers. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, if you could write a book today, what would you write about? Um, so it would kind of be like a book about perseverance and just... Um, getting out of your own way and um, providing your own path, regardless of your upbringing or where you came from or what you did yesterday. Yeah, and I would ask you why it's important, but then we'd have a really long answer. Yes, and then we would. I'm getting really good at transitioning <laughs> this to a real estate question. What's the biggest misunderstanding of being a realtor, Alicia? <sighs> Selling sunset. Um, no, I truly think that the biggest misconceptions are usually um, you make a ton of money and you have all of the freedom and flexibility in the world. And although, yes, those two things can happen in the world of real estate, I think a lot of people just think that it's easy and that you don't have to grit down and actually work really, really hard every day, have a lot of self-determination uh, and discipline. Um, and it's really hard. Like, and a lot of people just think that it's super easy. You take a test and you can start showing cute houses. Show a cute house. You write like a, a one page offer. offer. Yeah. It's simple. Yeah. Get accepted and then you get paid. Yeah. That's what everyone thinks. Yeah. And it's not that way. No, there's a lot of steps that go into the home buying process. And if you're a passionate person who cares about people and you come from a place of contribution, that work is a lot of work and um, you do the best that you can with every single client because you're passionate about making sure that um, they're set up for success yeah. in their home buying process. So That's good. Yeah. Um, the market that we're in today, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of uncertainty um, and, and not a lot of people know how to really approach this market, but what's your take on the market and where it's going? So everything's about perspective, right? Like you can listen to anyone and everyone about the stars, the moon, the sky, and all the things. But for me, when it comes to my clients and where we're at and what we're doing, I think right now is a great opportunity for my buyers. Yes, interest rates are obviously higher. Everybody's talking about that, but nobody's really talking about the opportunity that is providing to buy for buyers who are ready to go right now. So if you can afford the payments, um, and I just heard this today, actually you can hate the rate, okay, but marry the home. If you can afford to buy right now, we are able to get inspections. We're able to get some seller paid closing costs. We're able to get some repairs from those inspections. So it's a really good opportunity for my buyers to be positioned well in their first home and or next home um, because there's not a lot of buyers that are actually out there because they're a little scared of the interest rates and they don't have a super awesome agent educating them on the opportunities that could come if they decide to move now rather than waiting. That's good. Yeah. Um, so we're transitioning, and we're going to talk all things buyers today. Sweet. So you're going to love it. It's this. almost like you know that I only work <laughs> with buyers. Um, what, what, listen, that's like that's some of the most beneficial information that we could possibly have right now, going from a competitive market to where we're at now. Yeah. Because, I mean, great buyers agents are chomping at the bit, right? Like right. We have the opportunity to negotiate for our clients now versus you got to give 
everything you have yeah. for this house. I mean, I was offering tacos. <laughs> like, yeah, it was, it's been rough the last couple of years. So we'll talk about that kind of stuff, but what's kind of held you like strong through everything when it comes, you work, you're working more buyers, right? What's like held you in a firm position of fighting for your clients and you yourself like stay in the course in such a challenging market? Um, I think like I said, coming from a place of contribution, like I've bought and sold houses prior to me ever being a real estate agent. And although, um, you know, that process wasn't very long before I had my license that I learned a lot in that process of what I didn't want to provide or what I didn't want to do. And I understand that there are a million agents out there, right? Um, but not everyone is going to be as passionate about taking care of clients and things like that. You can go to any dentist, right? But most of the time you're going to pick one that might have the most experience and has the best reviews and things like that. So I think for me, it's just knowing that whoever I get to become in contact with and help along this journey, I want to make sure that it's a great experience for them and they're put into a position to succeed and not, you know, have issues later down the line. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Um, when, when you're seeing this market kind of transition to more, um, you know, negotiating skills, right? Like yeah. when you're seeing those skills come out in, in your work and advising your clients, what are some little things people can focus on now in the current market we're in? Um, I love that we're transitioning from date the rate to hate the rate. <laughs> you can hate the rate. So that, I mean, honestly, everyone hates it. Let's be real. <laughs> rates are like, the, that's the educating part of getting them into the process. Yeah. Once you're getting to a place where writing offers going what people don't know, going back and forth with them. Yeah. Um, what, are, what are things you're looking for when you're at the house, when you're writing offers and those kind of things? So when I take my clients to go look at a house, I'm letting them go look at all the frou-frou things like, oh, will our beds fit in here? You know, how will our couch work and things like that? But I'm really going through the house and ensuring that I'm pointing out anything and everything to them as we're walking through so that they are making a mental note of it. And that way we can be prepared when and if we do decide to put in an offer, I can say, hey, remember we talked about, it looked like there might've been a leak here, or we look under the sinks, we run the water, I flush the toilets. Like I'm doing all of those types of things to make sure that although this is our first time looking at this house, if we're assuming we might want to write an offer on it, we need to make sure that we're looking at everything, the door handles, like just all of those types of things. We're not just walking in and looking at it and saying, oh yeah, it's cute. Like we're really diving in. And then when we're going to the offer stage, you know, um, in most cases now I'm able to get them inspections um, and or even home warranties, sometimes seller paid closing costs. I mean, every house is situational, but I'm going to look at it and see what I can do the best for my clients so that they win at the end of the day. Um, and sometimes winning is just getting that house. But if we can get, you know, some help along that way, if they need closing costs or getting the inspections, maybe you know, um, asking for things that we typically wouldn't have been able to ask for before, I'm going to make sure that I can exhaust all of those options. And that's me communicating with that listing agent to kind of see where their seller's position is um, with their selling process. Um, and then once we get under contract and, you know, we go through those inspections, I'm really making sure that safety items are taken care of for my clients. Um, you know, even as simple as gutter cleanings can be lead into a big thing later. So we're going to ask for that, you know, mm -hmm. because, um, it's warranted and I think it's fair. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's an important piece. I was thinking that when you were saying that, right? You're looking yeah. for a fair outcome. Yeah. Um, you're not in a, in a position where you're trying to get them under contract to, 
to screw the sellers. Absolutely right? not. Because they're no. under contract now. So nope. it's, it's about coming out with a fair outcome. Yes. Yeah. And I have conversations with my clients a lot telling them to think of the seller's perspective. And I think sometimes people are like, why would you do that? But I want my clients to understand perspective is everything. And at some point in your life, whether it's right there or later down the line, you're also going to be selling a house. So um, put yourselves in their shoes and understand that maybe certain things might be a little daunting and they may say no or whatever it may be, but um, just come from some compassion. Yeah. So. And, and you've helped so many people through the process, right? Yeah. So I love what I do because I get to learn every day and you teach me a lot of stuff about what you do and how you how you conduct yourself. Um, you have this big personality, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have this big personality and you, you learn and identify how to attract people into your life, which is a really big piece. Um, for folks that maybe are newer to the industry or buyer's agents or working with buyers, you got to notice, and this is why I'm learning this conversation, there's two types of agents. One that is looking to get paid, yeah. right? They're, they're transactional. They want to put a deal together. Mm -hmm. And then there's one that is going to take care of their clients. And so yeah. when you get past, you know, you're a big personality, we're winning people <laughs> over, doing the console, different things like that. Um, you're going into a house looking at two things. One of them is, hey, we're going to write offers and negotiations and the tactical things of being a real estate agent. So I'm going to look at the structure of this home to make sure it's sound and it's okay. Secondly, I'm going to, I'm going to understand their lifestyle. Yeah. And will this work for them two months from now when they're probably not thinking about that because there's not a lot on the market and we're going to make it work. Correct. Right? So how have you learned that process and been able to be present at those showings in order to do those things? Um, really just being fully engaged. Um, I talk a lot to my clients and I usually end up knowing a little bit more about them I think than they would probably have in other experiences and so I really make sure in those buyer consultations and stuff and for me sometimes just having a buyer consultation with somebody is a win for me because I leave those feeling like I enhance enhance their lives in one way or the other whether it's educating them on the process process, telling them something they didn't know, they could then share that information with somebody and it could ultimately help change the trajectory of like how people think of the home buying process, especially on the buy side. Um, so when we sit down and have that consult, I really talk to them about what is their, you know, like what, how long do you think that you'll be in this house? Uh, do you plan to have dogs? Do you plan to have kids? How many more kids do you plan to have? Like I really try to gauge what it is that they need and want out of a house. And we talk about wants and then we say, okay, what do you need? And then let's talk about what's actually going to happen because budget comes into play and all of those things. So when we're going through houses, I will bring up things that we have talked about to say, hey, this is about 10 minutes further away from what you originally talked, say, you know, saying that you wanted. Um, how does that feel for you guys? Like, yeah. are you okay with this location and things like that? So I put the ball kind of back in their court to remind them of what it is that they were looking for in the first place. Yeah. And you're coaching your clients. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Um, when you go through that buyer consult, so that's like its own form of accountability, right? You said you wanted these things and now you're looking at potentially mm -hmm. wanting these different types of things. Yeah. Um, tell me this though, like when you have maybe a more difficult buyer, how, how do you set standards or boundaries, whatever it is in terms of communication when they're like, we want this. And then maybe they send you a house that's completely in a different area or something that they said they didn't want in the past, right? Like how do you deal with those kind of situations? Like we want to go see this house now. Yeah. Um, very gently. Um, and I do uh, gentle reminders of like, Hey, this is really out of uh, the area that you mentioned. Are we deciding to change things up? Like I'm very like fluffy when it comes to stuff. Um, I have a hard time with kind of just being like, this is what it is. Why are we going here? You know, that type of thing. So, 
I will fluff it up a little bit. And then once we do get in person, like um, if we make it all the way there, I will be like, hey guys, like what's going on? Like this isn't what we talked about, you know, stuff like that. And just kind of understand where they're at with things. I've had situations where I didn't ask the right questions and there was maybe a, there was a wife on one side of the thing, spectrum and a husband on the other side. And I just could not quite understand like where the misconnect was. Um, and then I finally just like asked the question of like, Hey guys, like we're here one day and over here next day. And this is where you said you wanted to be. So kind of like what's going on. And it really was like, well, husband and wife were kind of having some miscommunication on what they wanted. Um, so I learned a lot from like some of those types of situations. And so now when I'm in the consult, we really talk about it a lot. And I bring up the word or the phrase buyers are liars. And I openly talk to them about that, you know, and I say, sometimes you might be a a liar. So I really want you to tell me like, if this isn't strictly where you want to be, tell me some of the other options that you may, may consider if the right home comes available. Cause that's usually what it'll yeah. come down to. That's huge. So your buyer consults are really about setting expectations and educating. Yes. Um, and I mean, with your buyers, how often do you find yourself referring back to the console? Like, hey, we talked about this, do we remember? Um, often. Often, yeah. Yeah, like usually at showings, there's always something that will come up. Um, even if I'm just refreshing them on the process, because we do talk about the process in detail during that consult, and it's a lot of information. Um, and so I do bring that up, like, hey, if we move forward with this, this will be what the next steps are. I'm going to ask you a series of questions that we talked about at the consult. So very often do I bring it up. I don't expect, I wouldn't expect anybody to remember something that I do every day. And so I really, um, you know, course them into being okay with asking me questions, being comfortable. I tell them I'm very transparent, communicative person, you know, like every question is valid and I want you to ask it, even if you think it's a stupid question. So I revert, revert back to that all the time. Yeah. Um, how would you help an agent that maybe doesn't do buyer consults currently? Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of agents that find themselves in situations where they really want their buyers to buy versus like you have your strong, so you have your cold feet buyers and you have your people that are strongly motivated. Mm-hmm. How are you pre-qualifying to understand like, this is something I spend my time with and they're serious because, you know, we have buyers that get in, they see the perfect house, like, oh, I don't know if we're ready yet. And then you have the agent that, you know, takes them seven months to get them to a place where yeah. they either back off the whole entire thing and they write their first offer. Yeah. How are you kind of getting ahead of that and setting expectations? Well, um, if you're not doing buyer consults, please do yourselves and your clients a favor and to do them. <laughs> My little plug. <laughs> um, but um, the way that I'm really setting the expectations is showing them the value in being prepared to buy a home. There's nothing good going to come. Nothing good is going to come from us looking at seven, eight, 10, 15 houses. If we've never sat down and had an initial conversation about specifics and about things that are important. Um, I used to be that agent that would go open doors. That's plain and simple as what it was. Um, But now I realize I'm not doing them a service if I'm not taking the time to educate them and prepare them for what that home buying process looks like because it's setting them up for failure if you're not going through all of those steps with them. If they're not pre-approved, things like that, then they we go look at a house that they might absolutely love and they can't even offer on it. And it's a waste of their time, the seller's time, both agents' times, and it's it it could hurt their feelings. And I don't want that to happen. So I really emphasize how important it is to make sure that we're talking about pre-approval 
talking about what they actually want to spend per month um, because that's important for me to know. They could be approved for three hundred, but they don't want to pay a three hundred thousand dollar house payment. Right. So we talk about all of those things and really, I set them up for success and let them know this this could happen or this could not happen. But I really make sure that we're having that initial conversation before I'm just opening doors for them to look at houses. Yeah, that's big. So you're not coming from a place of desperation anymore. Absolutely not. And like. Um, if you put yourself in that position, you're going to find yourself wasting a lot of time. You do not have time to waste. I <laughs> certainly do not. <laughs> I certainly do. I got, I got a whole frat house at home. Got four yeah. kiddos. We have all these things. So yeah. um, that's probably been a big catalyst in terms of your growth Absolutely. With, when it comes to time. Yeah. And then when I'm going out and I'm doing these showings, I can feel confident knowing that we're going to get to the end goal, um, you know, 99.9% of the time we're going to find a house because we have done all of the homework up front. And I think a lot of agents or people in general have a hard time with doing the homework up front, regardless of whatever the task is. Um, but it really does pay off in the end and it makes everyone's processes so much easier. Yeah, that's big. Yeah. Um, so you've kind of seen yourself been doing selling real estate for how long? Uh, almost three years. Almost three years. You're kind of, you've seen yourself catapult up to quickly five, six million and up to 10 plus this year. Um, what's kind of been like the biggest component of that growth? Um, really structure my coaching with you. Yeah. Um, that, ha that honestly has been one of the biggest things for me is just understanding like my heart and compassion for people is always there. Right. And then, so when I breathe that brought that into the real estate world, um, at first, I didn't really understand what that looked like or how I could really be helping these people. And so when I switched over to Keller Williams and coached with you, it really put the processes and procedures together for me and really just solidified where I was going with what I was doing and always coming from a place of contribution, never being needy or, or anything like that. Because at the end of the day, I, I'm doing this for my clients. This stuff is hard. Yeah. <laughs> like this shit is not easy, Yeah, <laughs> you know, and there's days where you just want to throw in the towel because I'm an empath person. And so I carry the weight of everyone's emotions and feelings. And if we don't get a house or if a client can't get pre-approved or whatever it may be, like I carry that. And I, I hate having tough conversations sometimes. Um, so I think just um, knowing the end goal and knowing why I'm doing this and creating structure and being diligent, confident in what it is that I am doing, having hard conversations that, you know, help you grow, um, have been just monumental in, in what it is that I am doing and honing in on why I'm doing this. Yeah. Um, that's a really great answer. And it's been, um, because it was about me. Uh, <laughs> that's a really great answer. But I've seen over the past year and a half how much growth you've had as an individual. Every mm -hmm. time you get hit with some sense of adversity or things that are challenging or uncomfortable, um, you take a quick second and you step right into it and mm -hmm. just continue to uh, keep moving, right? Yeah. Um, talk to me from, uh, say, a new agent standpoint. Um, you've been on really two teams now. Um, mm -hmm. And you've learned a lot both places, right? Yeah. How would you kind of guide a newer agent that may be thinking about joining a team in terms of like, what should they be asking? What kind of things should you be looking for to find a really good fit? I think first and foremost, they need to think about what it is that they want to gain out of this business. Um, are they treating this like a hobby? Do they think it's just going to be light and fun? Um, they need to, 
you know, have the hard conversation with themselves to figure out where they want to go with their business. It may not be a team structure that works for them. It might be the solo, but I think if they are thinking about considering a team move, they need to be asking what kind of resources can be provided to them, what kind of guidance, um, and, and actually talk to some of the other team members on those teams, like really, really doing your homework because where you hang your license is so important and who you surround yourself with is just as important, if not more important. So um, obviously you want to talk about splits and, um, you know, culture and things like that. But first and foremost, you need to know what it is that you want out of this business, but you have to ask the hard questions. And if they can't provide you answers to those hard questions, um, then you need to, you know, run to yeah. the hills. <laughs> no doubt about it. Right. It's specifics. Yes. Um, a lot of times what we hear is we're the best. We got the best people. Yeah. We got the best leads. We got the yeah. best this, that, and the other, but what makes, okay. What happens on week two? Right. You know? What happens on day one, actually? Yeah. Like when I come to this office, what happens? Who's greeting me? You know, like, do I get t-shirts and cool swag or am I getting like a planner and, um, oh, we have a sales meeting. Like those things are so stinking important and new agents really just don't have, um, the structure of their mindset to think about those types of things until they're in it. And then they're just like, oh shit, you know, yeah. um, I, I've, I've seen you kind of grow a lot when it comes to your time management, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you will do 35 plus deals this year. Yeah. 10 plus million, wherever the numbers are on average price point next year. I'm shocked that you don't have these <laughs> nailed down actually. <laughs> <laughs> next year you'll do this many deals. Um, yeah. Next year you're going to continue to grow. Yeah. Um, you guys have built as a, as a team, um, a really, really great culture of Absolutely. which you guys can grow together. Um, you guys go through really challenging things outside of work and inside of work together. Yeah. And you guys have built a machine that creates leads and you all convert them. Yeah. Right. Where do you kind of see yourself in the next year or two when it comes to like your leadership development and um, helping other people and how the team is growing? What are you kind of seeing happen there? Yeah, I definitely feel I'm going to um, kind of transition into a little bit of a different position. Um, I love servicing my buyers, um, but my true passion really comes from leading and helping other people do what I do, whether it's being a buyer's agent or when it comes to mom stuff or uh, women empowerment, like whatever it may be. Um, so I am really excited. We're going to be hiring a showing assistant um, and hopefully she takes over my job. Like that would be amazing. Um, so I really feel stepping into kind of that more of like that training. I really want to show agents and teach agents to do the things uh, to not do the things that I did and not go through a lot of the things that I went through because you really can truly be successful in this business and it can absolutely change your life. Um, but if you don't have a mentorship or guidance that you can trust and you can count on, then it makes this this job really, really hard, mm -hmm. a lot harder than it should be. Um, so I'm really excited to kind of step into that um, role and train a new buyer agent. And um, who knows, like, I would just love to have like a room full of fresh new agents that I yeah. get to just kind of help and guide along the way, show them what, tell them what questions to ask and what to look for and yeah. have, you know, five people go on showings with me and Vanna, just kidding. But yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to kind of transition into that um, kind of next level. Like, uh, you know, I'm doing all the work on one end and then being able to show it on the other end. And I think that's really where um, the fun stuff happens. Yeah, leadership and development. You're, you're a natural yeah. leader in terms of who you are. Yeah. Um, part of it's that big personality of yours and the other part <laughs> is just the work ethic. I see how 
um, how hard you work and showing's late, you're working all day, you're making it to every single football game and yeah. being a great mom. What do you what do you think it takes to be a great mother and businesswoman at the same time? Ooh, caffeine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, um, you know, it, it doesn't come easy and sometimes uh, you have moments in motherhood and or in your business uh, where one or the other side starts to decline a little bit. Um, and I think when you, um, uh, Matthew McConaughey always says you need to um, check in with your uh, credits and debits. Um, you really have to be able to find, I hate using the word balance because I think in real estate, everything is unbalanced, but I really think you need to make sure that you're prioritizing the things that matter, showing up to the things and putting things that aren't as, um, aren't as uh, right away on the back burner a little bit. I think we get so caught up in business stuff where we think everything needs to be handled right away. Every text needs to be responded to right away. Um, just we need to be at beck and call, but we have to first remember that it's faith first, family second, and career third. And we really have to make sure that um, our home life is good. Otherwise, business life is never going to be good and vice versa. So really being conscious of what matters to each one of your children. Um, that's been big for me, knowing that it's important if I show up to this game or it's not to one. Um, and checking in with yourself and being vulnerable with yourself and giving yourself grace and knowing that you have the strength to step back when you need to and also admitting your faults when it's necessary. If I'm not being present when I need to be present, I own up to that and apologize and ask what I can do. I think a lot of people are scared to like admit that they might be, um, you know, falling on one spectrum or the other. Yeah. Yeah. Admitting to being wrong. Yes. <laughs> Who knew that that was okay? Yes. And that's with clients. I mean, that's such a good life lesson in itself. Yeah. We joke around because we could probably have this conversation. We actually filmed this podcast once and it went for four and a half hours. So that oh, we're, we're, we're breaking it down to 30 <laughs> minutes. But we have such a good back and forth when it comes to growth and development, right? Yeah. Um, have, did you have that same mindset two years ago? Um, mm. Did you want to have that mindset? Like, what, How has that growth been in terms of like time management with family and... I think about two years ago was kind of when I started really getting into this journey of real estate and, uh, well, almost three years ago, but I have such a grind mentality and hustle culture was, is, is really big and still a thing. Um, and I think for a long time, I thought that my, um, my guiding light was how much work I did. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't a good mom if I didn't work really, 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 really hard to do X, Y, and Z and to provide, right? But I think it took um, kind of stepping back and realizing like you get burnt out your self-care is not good. Your mental health isn't good. You're, I'm a people pleaser. So I give, give, give and pour and pour and pour. And then I end up crashing and burning. And now, you know, when someone says, that they want to do 50 million in 50 million in volume. Sometimes I'm like, I don't know if I want to do that. Yeah. You know, two years ago, I'd have been like, hell yeah, I'm doing that. Like yeah. whatever I need to do, I'm going to do it. Um, but I think, you know, my kids are growing and I'm realizing a lot of different things that actually matter and things that are more important. Um, and although I am a grind a hustle person deep down still, um, it's just finding what works and what flows Yeah. in the time that I still have my boys, you know, I feel like once they're out of the house, I might just be absolutely crazy with diving into work. But for now, like I've really scaled in and realized what's most important. Yeah. 
That's cool. Um, it, the the hard work doesn't change, right? Absolutely. It not. just becomes. It goes from external to internal. Yeah, and it's more strategic. It's more disciplined. Mm -hmm. It. What am I doing? You know, nine to five, so that I can be home five to ten yep. or whatever that structure might look like. Like it's really making good use of your time and doing what you need to do while you have it, and then moving on. Yep. That's really good. Okay, I'm going to go one more question. I'm probably going to have you back on seven, eight, nine, ten more times because I, <laughs> this is just a good conversation. We haven't covered communication. We haven't covered oh. discipline, different things we could yeah, be doing. Yeah. Um, so we will be having this again, this conversation. Okay. Um, if you could go back to day one in real estate and give yourself any advice or speak to yourself, what would you say to yourself? Um, I would say to follow your gut, keep pushing. Um, I think with everything in life, as myself, talking to myself, knowing, um, every time when I think it's not going to work out, it works out better than what I intended. Um, oh, not going to get emotional. Um, but to just take every, um, every lesson as a blessing and to just keep putting one foot forward and always doing the right thing, even when everyone is doing the wrong thing. All right, Alicia, look, I certainly appreciate you taking the time and how busy you are. Absolutely. With all the things to be on the podcast today, we're going to have you back on. I appreciate our friendship more than anything Same. and how you become family to me. So thank you for that. And thank you all for watching the podcast today. And thank you. <laughs> this is all valuable to you. Share it, send it to somebody. Thanks for watching. Like, See you next week. Comment and and all the things. <laughs> I just